sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, I am joined by Ryan Davis and Russell Dorsey, the Sun-Times beat writer for the Cubs. You can follow Russell on Twitter at Russ underscore Dorsey1. You can follow Ryan Davis on Twitter at Ryan Q Davis. On today's episode, we're talking a little bit about the Cardinals series and, of course, about Russ. He got this great job at the Sun-Times. It's his first year on the actual beat for the Sun-Times, of course, covered the Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, MLB.com last year, um, but getting in the Cubs press box officially this year. So we talk a little bit about what that experience has been so far, especially his first real season for the Sun-Times coming in 2020 in the, mid of, in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and then we kind of just kind of talk about what's going on with this Cubs team, what the rotation could look like for this weekend and shortly after that. Um, offensively, what this lineup might look like today, which is a little strange without Ian Happ, who hopefully should be back soon. And then we also talk a little bit about what happened last week when Jason Hayward sat out in the midst of the NBA, WNBA, MLB, MLS players, particularly black players, sitting out in protest of what happened to Jacob Blake and Kenosha and the response shortly after that. So we get Russ's take. It's a real honest conversation, and um, it was great to have him on. He's such a smart guy and obviously knows his baseball as well as what's going on in this country. So it was nice to get Russ's uh, take on the whole situation here. So... We're going to kick it over to him. Before we do that, we do have to give a quick shout-out to Cubs Insider, the official sponsor of Lockdown Cubs. Make sure you check out Cubs Insider's latest article about Edbert Elsley and Braylon Marquez. We talked a little bit about those guys on the podcast today, but how they could potentially be a factor in this team despite hearing earlier a couple weeks ago that Braylon Marquez might not even be a real option. So that's exciting to see. Read about that and more at CubsInsider.com, official partner of Lockdown Cubs. Then make sure you subscribe to this podcast and whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Google, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn App, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. But with that, here is our interview with Russell Dorsey. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 the world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. But Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gives you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only hire what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like Sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need 
just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posting, which means more qualified candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner when you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening my door. Given what's going on in the world, they've created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up, you guys need to support your local neighborhood spots right now. I've been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushis. They actually take care of my life and make it a lot easier by picking up everything I need from like Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and dropping it out the right side of my door. I actually forgot my mask back home in the suburbs. They were able to deliver masks right outside my door so then I could leave to go do whatever I needed to do, which is awesome. Just download Postmates on the iOS or Android app, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within an hour. For a limited time, Postmates has given our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the app, and use code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $100 of free delivery credits for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, Cubs fans, joining with us today on Zoom is Russell Dorsey. He is the Cubs Sun Times beat writer, and you can follow him on Twitter at Russ underscore Dorsey one. Russ, what's going on, man? I am doing all right. How are you guys doing? We are doing good. I'm I have the day off too, actually. So I'm I've just been kind of hanging out before this, but I think Ryan has had to work and get things planned around his house. So <laughs> been a busy day, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, I work from home today and we're also preparing our house to go on the market uh, in a couple of days. So yeah, it's just been nuts around here trying to do my regular job and keep up with baseball and do all the house stuff and still be, you know, a husband and a father and, you know, it's just not easy, but I'm, I'm sure plenty of people out there can relate to the, to the craziness, whether it's that stuff or other things going on. Uh, I would assume I would assume Russ that you know what it's like to be constantly busy. Uh, I hear <laughs> you got you got a weekend off, so yeah. I this is the first time I haven't written anything since I started at the Sun Times on July seventeenth. So I am I am very excited to not be writing anything Cubs related uh, as much as people have enjoyed having me do that. It, I'm looking forward to having a few days of just laying out on the couch yeah so i want to talk to you a little bit before we get into cubs talk about working at the sun times uh mm-hmm. I, I would do a, a fun little shameless promotion that you and i did a podcast about a year ago yeah shortly after you got the job with nbc sports and i'm sorry not nbc sports mlb and uh, we were you know kind of talking about what that was going to be like for you and then you had an amazing first year there and then that transitioned into the job at the sun times and now i mean i think i think uh, people who have followed the cubs for a long time kind of view the big two of cubs beat reporters or beat jobs as the tribune and the sun times and i know those are the ones that i read growing up in, in addition to bruce miles of the daily herald so mm-hmm. 
what has it been like kind of moving into the spotlight as a beat reporter? Uh, how have the fans been? How has it been, you know, just comparing to it being such an odd season? What are your experiences like so far? Yeah, Ryan, you've gotten to see the uh, <laughs> the ascent here, and and maybe you're you're a part of that. So I'm glad uh, we're friends, and you <laughs> you may be my my lucky charm here. Um, <laughs> no, I I think it's been a wild. 2020 has been the weirdest year anyway. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's been crazy because here in the middle of a global pandemic. I get this amazing opportunity to like really, really launch my career. Um, it, it was already going in a really good direction, but like to rocket ship to, you know, one of the biggest papers in the, one of the biggest third biggest market in the country, writing about maybe the second most popular team in the country. And I couldn't like every day is a new adventure um, there's a new challenge and it's it's so cool like to go from working at one awesome publication to going to another has been great and I think for me you know the fans Chicago like people have really embraced me I don't know one part of that is I'm from here so people people embrace you a little bit easier that way but mm -hmm. um, I wasn't sure how people would respond to me as the quote unquote kid on the beat. Mm -hmm. And there hasn't been any like any negativity about that. Um, I think something I didn't expect was, or something I did expect, like people have known me for a while and I think that's helped. Like people have known me from writing at Baseball Prospectus or writing at Forbes or seeing me on NBC Sports Chicago or hearing me on on the radio. And so to like see me in the position I am now, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, people have been great. Like the 1% the of the time on my Twitter, like <laughs> things aren't great, <laughs> but for the most part, like people have been awesome. The fans have been awesome. Um, and, and, and people are really enjoying um, the work that I've been doing at the Sun-Times. So, I can I have no complaints so far. I'm I'm really like it won't really set in what I'm doing until maybe the off season and I get to sit back for a little bit and be like, man, this is a wild first year on the beat. <laughs> um, but it's it's been awesome, man. I it's it's been so much fun. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I've been enjoying your work, but I've, I've also been enjoying your work since I was reading you as far back as Baseball Prospectus. Yeah, and uh, you just you know, continue to grow as a writer, number one, which is awesome to, to watch. And it's also really cool to see you getting rewarded, uh, you know, kind of taking this position and running with it uh, and doing such a great job. The other thing that I found fun to watch is that uh, you haven't changed in your online personality. Uh, and that's really great to me. I see a lot of guys who are so established and have been for so long, like uh, Jesse Rogers and Gordon Whitmire and how they handle social media and how um, typically if someone starts, you know, saying something they shouldn't or mouthing off at, at those guys, those guys typically just either block or mute and move on. Uh, but you are not afraid to put somebody on blast for say, for putting something out there that maybe they shouldn't. And I absolutely yeah. love, I love that you are not afraid to do that. And, uh, I also love that a lot of Cubs Twitter has your back on that stuff too. 
uh, it's been it's been fun to watch you, you know, in those interactions, making making sure people know that you are not somebody to to just start throwing crap at on social media. It's you know the weird part, dude. It, like, thank you, one, two. <laughs> I do like that people like get to see my personality, um, and my Twitter is a hundred percent me, uh, and I think that's a, a good way for people to like get to know me. Um, the weird part is. I'm not that yelly, get off my lawn type of guy. I, and, and I, I might respond to maybe 1% of the craziness that I get on a daily basis. Um, but I, I think I've had a lot of people ask me lately, like, why do, you, why do you respond? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And it's like, well, most of the time I don't, like, you should see the things that I don't respond to. The yeah. other part is, like, I, just the way I was raised, the way I grew up, like, you don't just, get to talk to me any type of way you know mm -hmm. and so that's just been part of me the other part is like I feel like as a black reporter that is coming into a fan base that is honestly like a majority white and is mm -hmm. you know there I knew coming in there was going to be some of that uh especially this year with everything we've had going on in the country and um different demonstrations in baseball and around sports. I knew there was going to be a little bit of that. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I think it's important for me to stand up for myself in that way as well. Like you don't get to talk to me like that. And the other part is I'm, I really want to show people what's out here and like how people are really giving it up and, and like, yo, this is how people are talking to people of color or black people or whatever. And I, you should take note of it because I think a lot of times people think that these things aren't out here, but it's like, no, nope, they're out here and they hide on Twitter and say craziness. So um, that's, I, I, that's the part of uh, my Twitter that, you know, I don't love doing as much as people <laughs> enjoy it when I do it. Like I'd much rather not do that, but sometimes like I, I feel like the, I have to, to one, you know, I, to protect myself, uh, yeah. but also to show people like, Hey, you know, you don't get to talk to people like this and like, Hey, there are some real crazies out here. And, uh, like it's, it's not as, Oh, just a few, like people think, no, <laughs> it's a lot. So yeah, right. that's, that's been an interesting part of the job. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I feel like when you, when you do that kind of stuff, I do feel like at least from my perspective, I see a lot of uh, the Cubs Twitter people kind of have your back on it. I see a lot of people jumping in. I know I've jumped in and mm -hmm. said things as well. Uh, and it's kind of nice seeing the way you interact with the people who are more positive and the people who do want to talk Cubs and the people, uh, the fans on Twitter, uh, as far as I've seen, it's been a really positive reaction to you on the beat. Uh, as a new writer um, and that's not always the case so uh, you got to be doing something right so far uh, <laughs> I'm before... trying man I'm trying that's the that you're right that's the awesome part because I think we're in a time where fans are so knowledgeable and um, the questions that they ask me as a beat writer I, are things I can answer and sometimes I'm not writing and I can hey yeah I can quote tweet and answer your question and maybe somebody who's on my timeline like had the same question and was wondering the same thing. So I tried to do that as much as possible. 
Um, and I think that builds a rapport between me and um, people that I hope go and read and subscribe to um, the Sun-Times and, and pick up a paper. Uh, but also, I, I just think going back to the Twitter, like defending me stuff, I part of the enjoyment I get is I'm going to put you out here so people can see who you really are. And then my friends are going to come. <laughs> and they're, and they're, they're not going to control what they say. I really control what I say for the most part. <laughs> but they, they have no filter on what they're going to say. So that's the enjoyable part for me because I know there's so many people that out there that care about me and, like, will not let that stuff fly. And I think that's awesome. But, no, people have been super positive And, uh, you know, people enjoy what I do and what I bring to the beat. Um, and I think that's something that, I wanted to do when I came on is like, I wanted to be different from Gordon or Gonzo or Jesse or uh, Sahada and Pat or, or Jordan Bastion, my guy and, and Tony and Like there's all these awesome people that work on the Cubs beat, but what was Russ Dorsey going to do? That's different. And I, I feel like in some of the things that I write about or the way I write about different things um, is different than everybody else. So, I, I think that in a year like this where I can't branch like I normally would, like I'm still doing a, a good job of finding uh, angles and finding ways to write that are enjoyable to people. And they're getting the most out of this craziness that is 2020. Yeah. No, I mean, Russ, you've always been an enjoyable storyteller. So um, we always appreciate your stories in general, but um uh, this season has been nuts um, <laughs> to put it, uh, to put it mildly, man. I mean, like crazy way to start your first time really on the B cover and daily for the sun times, but uh, Cubs obviously have a pretty important weekend series here coming up with the Cardinals, but the rotation is kind of not where they thought it would be like a week ago. You would think they might maybe had almost like, uh, I guess a surplus of pitchers, some depth finally, but now you're looking at Q down chat down Um Hopefully guys like Edward Elsley get a chance to come in and do this, but this rotation coming in, like what are we expecting for this weekend? Obviously some doubleheaders coming up on the schedule. I think you're sad that you Darvish doesn't get to pitch five times. <laughs> That's one of the things. Um, yeah. You're going to get Adbert on Saturday in one of those games and you're probably going to get Tyson Miller in the other, unless they surprise and go with, uh, Braylon Marquez I don't think they're going to do that um, I think you're you're more likely to see Tyson Miller again um, yeah that's not what they had in mind at all they thought coming into September they'd have a healthy Chatwood a healthy Quintana that would probably pitch in a some type of six-man rotation uh, with Lester uh, Hendricks and, and Darvish but now you're looking at a rotation uh, of Alec Mills is your number three right now and I don't think that that's one what they had in mind and two when you're looking at making a spot in the postseason I don't think that's really what you want going forward and that's no knock against Alec Mills it's just he's not no he didn't pitch terrible against the Pirates uh the pitch that Brian Reynolds hit out for Homer was a curveball that was dropping out of the zone and he just golfed out of the ballpark you know, and, and he didn't pitch. He didn't pitch as poorly yesterday as he did in his previous um, couple of outings. Yeah. That being said, it hadn't been trending upward. 
So having that guy as your number three now, uh, three or four, depending on how you want to look at it, with Hendricks, Darvis, and Lester, you're, you're going to have some decisions to make. Um, I think Adbert Alzali had, had been pitching really well for them. He pitched well against the Cardinals in the doubleheader the first time, had a good inning against the Reds. And, and I think that's a guy who's going to help them going forward down the stretch here. Whether that's in the rotation or the bullpen, I think it remains to be seen. But I think for the, for the time being, it's going to be in the rotation. So I think he brings a different element. I think that's a guy who uh, brings some velocity. Um, and that's something that uh, the back end of their rotation doesn't bring. And so I think giving teams a different look in that way and with some different stuff and some different movement uh, should benefit him. Um, and so then going forward, it's going to be – right now, I personally don't expect to see Tyler Chatwood back this season. I know they're hopeful that he does come back at some point, but just how forearm strains are – you know, it was a blessing for them that it was, you know, it was an elbow injury that we found out first, but then MRI showed that it was, um, you know, a pronator strain in, in the yeah. forearm. And while, you know, I had a friend who's a minor leaguer who had that and, you know, he had to get an injection uh, and then rest before that got better. And while he didn't need surgery or something, it took almost six to eight weeks for that to get better. And if we look at six to eight weeks from now, <laughs> the season's over. Right. So <laughs> I don't I don't expect Tyler Chatwood to be back in 2020, which sucks because I really believe he had figured something out in those first two starts. Like I don't believe those were uh, fake. I don't think that was luck. I think that that's a guy who had worked really hard to get himself into a position where he could be successful and was having a lot of success. Like he was making good lineups look really bad. And he had the one bad start in Kansas city where they weren't making a ton of hard contact. They were just um, finding holes and had a lot of hits in, in a three inning span. And then they got hurt. And then he had one start after he got hurt, trying to figure out, you know, all right, I'm back. I'm healthy again. And it wasn't a great start against the Tigers. And then he gets hurt again against the Reds. So um, that's unfortunate because I think that was going to be a really good – that was a really good story for the Cubs. Um, and a guy who had not had a lot of success, was one of the worst pitchers in the National League in 2018, uh, had figured some things out in 2019, but still wasn't quite where he wanted to be. He was bouncing between the rotation and, and the bullpen. And then this year really found it. So I'm – interested to see what they do with Tyler Chatwood in the offseason because depending on how the market is I do think that's a guy you could bring back potentially on a one-year deal and say hey you did really well in that first two starts and we think that's sustainable but show it to us over a, a full season um, so that's something for later down the road but yeah their rotation is is uh, gonna be it was already a big question mark coming into spring training and then it was a question mark Definitely. coming into summer camp and now it's a question mark again and they have little to no depth and that's no disrespect to the guys in their 60-man player pool or, or their system but they have very few guys that have done it on the major league level 
So that's why you have these question marks going into this, this final stretch of games here. There's a lot to unpack in what you just talked about. Now, the one, the first thing I wanted to say was, I remember I'm a, a few years older than both of you guys, but I can remember <laughs> when I was growing up as a Cubs fan, uh, I remember Steve Stone saying in the early 2000s about the Cubs rotation at that time that it was Kerry Wood, John Lieber, and then pray for rain. Uh, and <laughs> that's how it's kind of felt yes. uh, often with Darvish and Hendricks and uh, the rest of the guys. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes Lester's good. If you can get a, a decent five innings out of Lester at this point on any given day, that's, that's probably the, you know, you take that. Uh, Alec Mills, I think he's a perfect number five if he can be your number five. Right. Uh, he's had a couple games where it's not been so great. He's also had a few games where he's pitched really well overall, but then there's just been that one swing that kind of blew it up on him. Um, but, you know, his numbers overall, I think when you, I think he has like, what, like a five and a half ERA, that look, that's so much worse than I feel like it's been overall for him. But that's not the guy you want to be thinking is possibly your third best pitcher. And uh, part of the rotation problem is what you said, the depth, you know, last year they had Cole Hamels in the rotation. He left and the way they replaced him was by putting the guy he bumped out of the rotation essentially from 2018, Tyler Chatwood, moving him back from the bullpen to the full-time rotation as your number four starter, not even your number five. So the depth has been the problem and it's because they haven't addressed it. So the big problem for me, and we've talked about this on the podcast a lot, is that maybe your third or fourth best pitcher in the organization has been relegated to South Bend the entire year, and that's Adbert. And that's just, you know, that's my opinion of him. When I look at the rest of this roster, I think, you know, you've got, what, 14 pitchers on the roster, and Adbert isn't one of them. Uh, how do you reconcile that? Obviously, with you being much closer to the team and, and to, you know, what they've been putting out there this year, what's your take on why Adbert has been not with the big league team for the most part, other than that one really excellent start against the Cardinals and then another doubleheader where he came up, pitched a quality inning, and then they sent him right back. What's what's the deal it's, in your opinion? It's the question I've had for a while now, even going back to summer camp, because I always felt like, especially when the bullpen was struggling, it was just like, you can't tell me that Adbert Alzali isn't a better option than at that time, Dylan Maples, who had gotten every opportunity, or Rex Brothers, or or whoever, <laughs> and hadn't gotten an answer for that. But I think right now, it's kind of the force your hand time. And so I think this is a really great opportunity for Adbert, where it's like, okay, we have no options. Go and start games for us. And I think if he does well, I think even if Quintana returns and if Chatwood returns and if Alec Mills returns to the form over his first three starts, I think that's still a guy that you can say, all right, we're going to have you in our bullpen down the stretch because you can hopefully, one, throw strikes, and two, you add a, a different diamond dynamic. Dan, gosh, I can't talk today. I'm really off. Uh you have add a different dynamic than some of the other guys in the bullpen because, you know, Tapera's a big swing and miss guy. Obviously, Kimbrell, when he's on, is a swing and miss guy. Jeffress can be at times. Um, but for the most part, you have guys that work a lot off of movement, sinkers, cutters, sliders, stuff. And at some point, you just need velocity, you know? Right. Um, 
And I think that's something that, that Adbert provides down there. So, yeah, this is a great opportunity for him. I don't know if the, uh, the pre-summer camp money players have to pay uh, yeah. to only get paid stuff played a part mm-hmm. in it. I don't have any evidence or I haven't talked to anybody to say that that's true. Um, that's just a question I had like, may, did that play a role? And that was like a punishment or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, it, it, it's always seemed odd that a guy who you, you're right, Ryan, like you can't tell me this is not one of your best 14 pitchers in your organization. Yeah, that's, uh, and I had wondered that as well, but I also, when I look at the people running the baseball side, the actual baseball operations side of it, it just would seem so out of character to punish a player like that, especially Mm -hmm. when, you know, you're, you're trying to compete for, you know, kind of an up for grabs championship this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess that's the best way to say it, especially with that first short round with the expanded playoffs. Um, it just, uh, it, you know, for all the reasons you cited, it seemed odd to me that, you know, this is a guy who I think had he been healthy was ready for the big leagues two years ago, for the most part, obviously he still had some development, uh, that's gone on, but at this point, um, he wasn't really expected to develop much more at AAA this year. And if it was a normal year and it was more about getting innings in what, you know, as he gets towards the big leagues, he's not even doing that at South Bend because they're not playing games. So I just can't imagine what the reason is. Um, and so that's kind of a mystery, but before we go to the rest of what we're going to talk about, I did want to bring this up uh, since it's your off day and you don't know this yet. And the Cubs just posted this less than a minute ago. Uh, the, <laughs> Breaking the news line- again here. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I know I got my Twitter open while we're talking. Uh, they put their lineup out for today and it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah. any, anyone want to guess without peeking at who's leading off? Uh, is it Anthony Rizzo? No, you're close though. It's Kyle Schwarber. Okay. correct (laughs) yeah the lineup today against uh darvish versus flaherty the lineup is schwarber and left brian at third rizzo at first baez at short hayward and right wilson contreras at dh caratini catching maben in center kipnis back at second and darvish starting huh okay (laughs) I i even did the pat hughes wilson contreras uh i i uh you know, Ian Happ has been so important for them. Yeah. But, I, you know, after you take a foul ball off your right eye like that, that does call for a day <laughs> off. Like, Small if there's a guy who needs a day off, it would probably be him. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be too concerned if if I'm uh, the Cubs because, fortunately for him, it was just a bruise. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not – I don't have any issues. I'm not a lineup – person where lineups get me really upset unless it's just something egregious where like watching the White Sox lineups and seeing Luis Robert have to hit seven or six behind mm-hmm. uh Nomar Mazzara or Edwin Encarnacion that infuriates me because you're just like dude that's one of the gonna be one of the best players in, in the game uh and he might be the best player on your team right now <laughs> like, yeah for I'm real though <laughs> um so yeah I'm I, I have no issues with that lineup today um, for this weekend, Russ, obviously a big series with the Cardinals. Um, they're a team that's kind of scuffling a little bit too. I think they're four and six in their last 10. Obviously they've got a ton of games to make up, but when they face the Cubs, 
about a week or so ago, it didn't feel like either team really separated themselves from the other one. I guess uh, what's the key to this series in your mind? Scoring early mm-hmm. and scoring often. And it sounds simplistic, but it has not been for them, right? Yeah. It's they, they either score a ton of runs and blow people out, or they score no runs, which has been their M.O. for the last, what, four years now? Just about. Um, <laughs> and so ever since the whole offense is broken thing, like we've had the same conversations. Um, and at some point, you, you've, you've done everything besides player movement. Like you've gotten rid of a manager. You've gotten rid of coaches. You've gotten new hitting coaches. At some point, you say, all right, we need to change how this, this roster looks. Um, and they they talked about doing it, but they hadn't done it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are a couple of things that worked in their favor this year. You know, you've seen really good Schwarber. You've seen excellent Jason Hayward. You've seen MVP level Ian Happ. Those are great things. But in an all in an odd season where you're gonna just you might just have a bad stretch, something that would be just a, a bad stretch in a 162 game season is your a bad season, you know, this year right. over 60 games. Like I was telling some people the other day, like Javi just might not have it this year. Like that's a, that's a realistic thing. Like Javi might look up on September 27th, the last day of the season and be hitting below 200. That doesn't mean I don't want Javi bias playing shortstop for me every day. It's just right. this weird season. He didn't have it going. And I, I, you can't get, you can't say that somebody's not one of the, premier players in the game like you're not going to say Christian Yelich isn't one of the premier players in the game because he was hitting a buck 80 like a week and a half ago that would be dumb he's still the second or third best player in the game uh it's just this season is so weird you can't it's gonna you can't look at numbers as being the definition of a successful player or a a bad player um so yeah that's I I guess that's kind of how you look at the offense, if they down the stretch get contributions from the big guns, that's going to be, that's really what is going to define the season for the Cubs. Like they've gotten, they've gotten uh, contributions from Jason Hayward that he's been the best we've seen him as a Cub maybe. Yeah. Not maybe he has. Uh, Schorber has been a really productive player. Ian Happ has been, like I said, an MVP type of player. And if, but if you get contributions from, Bryant, Bryant and Baez and Rizzo and Contreras, you're going to be, you know, you've, you're the second best team in the National League right now with those guys not hitting at all. Right. So imagine what you could be if those guys start to hit as we get down the stretch here. Like you're, you're going to be in really good shape, especially, and you're going to need it, especially with the unknown of the rotation. And the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't even talk about yeah, that. For, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And, and we, we've kind of run long on some of the things we were going to talk about, but um, I, I mentioned to Sean just a moment ago in our, in our group text that uh, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up and this wasn't something I came into the podcast wanting to talk about, but it, I see a tweet that came up from Jeff Jones, who's a, uh, a writer uh, for, uh, he's a Cardinals beat re- reporter and he put out a picture. There's about 20 to 25 Cubs players and personnel sitting in the seats at Wrigley right now. Um, and he says the Cubs, at least some of them are currently sitting in the seats on the third baseline, listening to a speaker who's discussing the inherent contradictions of Thomas Jefferson and quote, 
all men are created equal. So I think that's really interesting that they're doing that. He says he's not a professional cub spotter, but he can see Ross, Schwarber, Rizzo, and I believe Theo Epstein. So I wanted to get your take on the Cubs and how they've handled some of this recently. I know there was some blowback uh, players, uh, you know, fans were saying players weren't supporting Jason Hayward. Um, Hayward had said that he encouraged his teammates to play. And then there were some kind of afterwards saying, well, we didn't have enough time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what's your take on how the Cubs have handled this situation? You know, what, what's going on in America as other teams, I think a lot of people I think are handling it better than they have. Um. And if you don't want to answer this, you want us to cut this out, we can. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I want to because I I think there's – it's like most things in life, it's very nuanced. Um, but also when it comes to what we're dealing with in our country, it's, as, it's really black and white. Like I don't support the, the killing of black people by the police. Really black and white, you know. Um, yeah. I think personally for the Cubs, they have smart people running their organization that get what's going on in the world right now. And I think that benefits them. And that trickles down to the players, the coaching staffs, et cetera. And I think you have a lot of guys that want to do the right thing. I think you have a lot of guys who come from different backgrounds and different places in this country where some of the things that we want to see supported in our country, they're from places that would be against that, or that's not necessarily something that, like you look at the other side first before you look at the side that's being oppressed, right? So I think, I think you're having a lot of conversations where guys are seeing things for the first time and guys are experiencing things for the first time. And unlike Twitter, where you can't have nuanced conversations, like you're, these guys are having to have real life conversation, real life perspective change in real time. And having that with your teammates, a guy like Jason Hayward, who you've been teammates with for, for years now, uh, that's important. And, and having other black players on your team, having Jeremy Jeffers, having Dwayne Underwood Jr. Now, having Cameron Maven, who started the Players Alliance. Like those are, that's, that's and, and Cam might only be here for the next three weeks, but I think that's really important for a team that has people who, who might not understand completely. Like you have, that, that dude brought a hundred, players current and former together and say, all right, we're going to, we're going to have this alliance. We're going to have this, this, this um, conglomerate of players who our job is going to be to make a difference in our communities. That's an important person to have on your roster right now. So I, I think they, they are trying actively to understand. Um, They're trying actively to, to be better. They're trying actively to, to do the right thing. I think sometimes you don't always get there um, the best way. Like for me, I would have liked to see them sit with Jason Hayward. Like I understand what Jason was doing. Um, but at the same time, for me, it's just like, you know, if my guy's not playing, I'm not going to play either. 
And even they said, like, there were guys who weren't comfortable playing, and the next, had they had a game the next day, they probably wouldn't have played, you know? So that, but other than that, like, I'm, I've been, oh, like, I've been fine with how they've handled things because um, I think they're genuine in, in what they're doing. I think they have a lot of guys that care uh, not only about their black teammates, but care about doing the right thing. So in that aspect, like, I, I, you know, if that's what's going on from that report of, of what's going on today, like, I commend them for, like, actively trying to understand things better. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I pretty much had felt the same way about it is that, you know, obviously you're much closer to them than I am at this point. So I I can only make assumptions about what I know about some of those players and where their hearts are. Um, I've always got the sense that uh, the, a lot of those guys may not, you know, they may not understand fully um, as we, you know, a lot of us, especially me as a white man in America, I don't understand and I never will fully understand, but I want to learn and I want to listen and I want to understand. And while I, you know, I'm on that progression, all my actions may not be perfect. Um, so I, I was really hoping that, you know, like you said, I agree with you. I really would have loved to see them sit with their teammate, but I, I at least, you know, hope that all their hearts were still in the right place, even if they didn't do the right thing in that moment. And if they maybe have had had more time to think it through that maybe they would have done the right thing. Um, and maybe that's just part of the benefit of ha- being able to have a nuanced conversation about how we as humans learn and do better uh, is that you don't, you, you don't just have a, a light switch that goes and go, okay, I, I, I get it all now. You know, it doesn't work that way. So uh, I was really hoping that, you know, these guys who are trying to say the right things in public, that, that the actions are following it up. And, and from the outside, it appears that they are. Right. Right. And, and even, I think in the the days that followed and guys just talking about it, they you could tell like it hit them like it it hit them like what was going on and wanting to do something um, where guys were really reflective and like really honest and forthcoming about uh, how they felt. And for me, you know, obviously I have to do my job as a reporter, but also as a black person, I think the the hard part is people not wanting to understand so to see a lot of players want to understand and and be better be better human beings i think that's you know that makes me feel better um in in a time where it's hard to feel good about the way things are going in our country uh and the way people like me are treated um that people who come from different places want to do the right thing and, and do better and do what's right and stand up against the things that we're seeing um, as far as police brutality goes, that's, that's huge going forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, we, well, I wanted to say, I appreciated the way you covered all that, Russ. I know there was a lot of people, a lot of reporters were coming out and sharing like bits and pieces of some of these quotes and, it caused a lot of confusion for some people that were trying to get that information. I was glad you were doing the best job you could trying to share the whole thought of what people are saying, especially in something like that, where like people are just trying to get the words out because they've never maybe even addressed this until this point. So it's a sensitive situation and someone sharing that moment. I, I appreciated the way you reported it. So thank same, you. Same it's thing. like, um, it's one of the things that for me personally is important is 
is sharing full quotes and sharing context because Mm -hmm. like let's just use anthony rizzo's comments for a second like somebody you know you have national people that are and this is no knock to anybody i don't want to preface by saying this is no knock to anybody of of course you have have a national reporter that comes into a zoom and they hear what anthony says and they tweet it and now it has 25,000 retweets or whatever and people comment different things and I think it was important for me to when I put the whole quote out you you and then in my story like I explained everything that Anthony had experienced and what the content context of what he said was so that people understand like yes these two things are different but this is not a guy trying to change the subject off of what we were talking about. It's a guy using his experience to bring back, you know, the, to tie into trying to make change. You know, when he went through, after the Parkland shooting, like he tried to work with legislators for gun control and for a guy who wanted to see change and try to work with politicians who had agendas, it was really tough. So to now try to see, you know, people have change for, racial injustice and you know people always say well we have to work with legislators blah 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 and how that doesn't change like he understands that you have to take things into their own hands so like athletes are doing you have to do things yourself because when you put things in the hands of politicians a lot of the time that's where you know feet get dragged that's where well we have to wait this and that so um no it's it's always been really important to me to as if I'm going to be a guy that covers this team every day or a team in general, like it's really important to do the best that I can to make people, to help people understand exactly what these guys are saying um, and not just put the quote out there to put the quote out there. So if that means sometimes I can't just tweet a whole quote while a press conference is going on and I have to wait and other people put it out first, but I could put out the whole thing and better explain the story uh, in, in grand scheme and context. That's fine with me, man. So that, and it's really, especially in this time, um, journalistically, I, that's always been really important to me. And, and I think in, in the Twitter world, sometimes we don't do a, the job that we can as journalists to, to put things out like that in context. So no, it, it's, it's, that's important to me to make sure that people understand and, and clarity is, um, you know, the main focus when, when we do that. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause there's, I mean, like in certain situations, yeah, it's fine to tweet the, the two words Rizzo said something about like, a you know, the response to the game, you know, it was fine or something like that. A tweet like that, that's fine. It's baseball. There's no need for context, but like what was going on, you know, it needed that extra moment to let it breathe. I feel yeah. like, so I appreciate and, you and, doing that. And I wanted to add that, you know, like Sean said, we appreciate how you've covered everything uh, and we, we love reading your work and seeing you interact with people on Twitter, but especially with this story, you know, that I feel like some, some other reporters may not fully get how much context there needs to be uh, with some of this stuff Um, and, and covering it just like any other baseball story isn't good enough. And you've, you've done an amazing job covering this story. Um, in, in your first year at the Sun Times, which is like I said early on, major, like one of the major two to me for, for beat reporters for the Cubs, uh, major newspaper in Chicago. I mean, it's, 
I, I imagine this whole thing has been overwhelming, but um, you, you've been doing a great job and, you know, keep at it, man. You're doing so good. I just thank love seeing you. your success. And thank I you. For, appreciate it. Thank I you for really joining did. us. Yeah, you're oh, always, always. Um, I appreciate you guys always give me a platform to, <laughs> to talk and, and say words on your lovely podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, we always appreciate you coming on. Of course, you can follow Russ on Twitter at Russ underscore Dorsey one. He's, of course, the beat writer for the Sun Times, and he's enjoying a long weekend. Then he's getting back to work and covering what should hopefully be a postseason run for the Cubs this year. But you know, we don't we don't like to count yeah, chickens before they hatch here. Be, but you know, twenty twenty, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh God, I, I'm convinced this is the year of like A's Marlins World Series. Oh yeah. I'm here for yeah. it, but yeah. <laughs> some, somebody dumb is going to win. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. That will do it here on today's episode of Lockdown Cubs. Make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star review on whatever podcast app you use, Google, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn app, wherever you listen. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Should be a long weekend. We will have a podcast out Monday, despite it being Labor Day, recapping this weekend with the Cardinals and then can proceed so on from there. But uh, that will do it here for this weekend. We hope you guys enjoy a long Labor Day weekend. Hopefully the Cubs can pull off a big win. We appreciate Russell Dorsey being on the show. You can follow Russ on Twitter at Russ underscore Dorsey one. He's, of course, the beat writer for the Sun-Times and is doing an awesome job at it. And then, of course, you can follow myself and Ryan at Twitter at Ryan Q. Davis for Ryan. Sean R. Sears for myself. You guys enjoy the rest of your weekend, and as always, go Cubs.